everything that you do is meant to serve you in a season. And just because you have grown past it or you are ready for the next thing doesn't mean that it was necessarily bad. It just means you're ready for that next season. Hi, friend. Welcome to Gather and Growth, a show created for passionate, growth-focused, rural women like you. From mindset work and building strong habits to exploring the unique joys and challenges of living rural, this is a show to leave you feeling joyful, inspired, and a little less alone. Together, we're on a journey of reaching for the most confident, healthy, and authentic version of ourselves, and I'm forever grateful to have you by my side. Whether you're currently running on a back road, shuffling kids to town, hopping along for a tractor ride, or three loads deep into folding laundry, grab yourself a nice coffee and let's dive in. Why, hello. Welcome back to Gather and Growth. Guys, this is kind of weird. I have not recorded an episode since I sat down and told you my news. All of the guest interviews that we had had already been pre-recorded before that. So I'm like back in, I wish I could say I'm like back in the chair, like in a fancy, you know, studio, but I'm on the floor of my son's bedroom. But my parents are here. Tomorrow is the kid's birthday party. And so I have my parents' dog. She's a red healer, mountain feist mix. I know you're mega curious. Her name is Malibu, and she's snuggled up right next to me. So I will say she is quite the yippy little thing, but she's pretty chill right now because nobody else is home. So I'm like petting my OG dog. I didn't grow up with dogs. I actually surprised my parents with her in college. (laughs) Wasn't that so nice of me? With that piece of information, I bet you can guess why I named her Malibu. (laughs) Anyway, that's not the point of the story. This week has been rough, (laughs) y'all. I have to laugh, you know, because I obviously I recorded the episode where I told you that we are expecting a harvest blessing this October while I still felt really great. And this week, yeah, has been has been rough. I have been so painfully nauseous and exhausted. Like there is no exhausted, like first trimester tired. But I am, instead of being like angry with myself or shaming myself for what I haven't gotten done, or instead of like getting to a place where I feel bad about like my lack of productivity and the fact that I have been laying down more than doing anything else, I am just grateful. I am really, really grateful. With both of my other kids, I was working full-time. My first, I was a teacher teaching fourth grade. And with my second, I was working full-time at the YMCA. And in my first trimester, I was actually in summer camp season. So summer camp was like my equivalent of harvest you know, to compare it to ag terms, it was like balls to the walls, at least 60 hour work weeks, minimum, 100 plus campers, you know, about 15 staff, 12 weeks of chaos. And in the thick of that, I was feeling like this. So I really, I really just feel grateful. I feel grateful because the life that I have created for myself allows me to be able to take care of my body in a way that, you know, a traditional nine to five may or may not support depending on 
what situation you're in. And now granted, I had an incredibly supportive work environment. I had incredible coworkers who always went above and beyond to take care of me and each other. But it's different when you have to wake up in the morning and you have to go to work outside of the home. And this week, I am just deeply grateful that, wow, like I have created a life in a business where I can narrow in on what has to get done and get really clear on where I just cannot spend my energy right now. And sure, there are things that I'm like, oh man, it'd be really cool if I did this, or I really wish I had done this last week. But ultimately, like I have the gift of being able to embrace this season and allow myself to rest and grow a person. And I just, this time around, have a really whole understanding of this too shall pass. <laughs> this too shall pass. You know, I'm three and a half, almost four weeks away from when we found out that I was pregnant. And I'm uh, about four weeks away from the end of my first trimester. So it's like, okay, okay, this too shall pass. Like the past three, four weeks have been a whirlwind and the next couple of weeks will go slowly in the moment, but in a blink, it'll be gone. And then if this tracks like my last two pregnancies have, I should feel better. So fingers crossed for that. But that actually leads me into what we are here to talk about today. And I have gotten this question so many times. Every time I put a like box in my stories or ask like, what would you like to hear on the podcast? This comes up or this comes up in masterminds or this comes up in people just asking me questions. And I've been really hesitant to record about it because I just don't feel like my situation is a good example of this. (laughs) It's like, Anything that anyone should look to for any kind of game plan that makes sense. But it has gotten me to where I am today. So I will share with you and encourage you to take from it what you will. And if you are in a situation where you are considering that maybe this gives you some ideas of how someone else did it. The question that I get so often is like, how did you leave your job? Like, what did that process look like for you? (laughs) And I laugh and say, like, uh, I didn't really actually have a process. Like, I am certain that I am connected to far more people who had much better orchestrated plans on what transitioning from working full-time to being a full-time entrepreneur looked like. And I most certainly did not, which is really indicative of the way I have done a lot of things which is I had the idea and then I acted on it. But that alone leaves out a part of the story that was honestly the hardest part, which was the year, if not more, prior to actually making that decision. So I started working at the Y in, oh, let's see, I'm going to have to remember numbers for this or years, times (laughs) In August of 2017, um, I was, oh gosh, five months or so postpartum with my son. And I had expected that I'd be teaching for the rest of my career and had a moment where I was standing in my parents' kitchen and saw an ad pop up for our local YMCA advertising for a program director. Long story short, 
I applied, interviewed, got the job, and started on the very first day of school, which is relevant because I was in charge of the after-school program, among many other things. So there were so many parts of that job that I loved so much. I was hired to be in charge of after-school and summer camp and special events. But along the way, you know, being at a small rural branch, I had the opportunity to learn the ins and outs of accounting and HR and marketing and fundraising and just all of these things that I never, never would have had experience with in the classroom and never necessarily assumed I was capable of doing or knowing. So I, as I did with teaching, also threw myself into it. I loved it so much. I was doing meaningful work. Again, great coworkers very flexible, like could bring my kids to work if I needed to, could stay home if I needed to. But I hit a point, as you do when you're an achiever doing what you love, where I had some pretty serious burnout. And even as I was receiving an award, it was like a 30 under 30 young professionals in the YMCA movement, I had this moment where I was like, oh, like, you know, I made it. I did this incredible thing, but something, I'm not sure if it feels right anymore. But as good Enneagrams threes do, I kindly pushed down those feelings and started grinding harder. But the feeling of burnout just kept creeping up. It's like all of a sudden these things that used to come so easily become hard and you just don't have the excitement and passion for something that you had. So honestly, when COVID hit in 2020, It was a really welcome change for me because it totally turned my job upside down, like a program director without programs. Like, what was I supposed to do? So I had to get really creative about, you know, as a team, we got really creative about what our job looked like during that time and the ways that we could continue to serve our community online and just in initiatives to to keep people together and help the people who needed the most. Like, I loved the challenge of having something new. And then as life started to get closer to quote unquote normal, and I started resuming the things that were the hallmarks of my job, like in addition to ever-changing guidelines and frustrating, like one step forward, two steps backward, as I'm sure so many people can relate during that time period, if you were involved with anything with the public, that it was like, I kept having this feeling of like, something's not right. But for a very long time, a very long time, I just internalized it of something's wrong with me. I'm being lazy. Why can't I do enough? Like, why can't I get this thing done? Like, just I was really self-shaming. And in the process, I was letting, I just wasn't doing my job as well as I had before. And I knew it. And I took it really, I was really hard on myself in that process. So, you know, I had this moment early, I want to say maybe February, March, maybe April of 2021. And someone had kind of called me out that I just, I wasn't, I wasn't performing in the way that I had before. Um, And in a very loving way, but I, it was the first time I said out loud, like, I don't think that I am supposed to be doing this anymore. And it was like, it felt visceral, (laughs) like completely visceral because I had loved it so much. It had been so good for me, such meaningful work. Like there was no part of what I was doing or the environment that I was in that I was concretely like, this is bad. And so it made me feel very selfish and like, who am I 
I have all of these great things. I'll never find anything better than this. But that moment started to get my wheels turning of like, maybe, maybe I do need to consider what next steps might look like. And I hadn't even thought about that because again, I, at that point, I was so invested in the work that I was doing. I had assumed that I would grow within our organization, but it had gotten to a point like my position couldn't change anymore because there were just certain parts of my job that were my job and there wasn't going to be room for growth in the foreseeable future. So, you know, I initially started looking for other jobs in the nonprofit sector in our area, but ultimately that would have meant me driving 45 minutes in the opposite direction. Like logistically speaking, it did not make sense for our family. So then I had kind of got to the point that I was like, okay, well, there's more work from a home positions than there ever have been before. Maybe I should explore that route. So I had started looking at some like nonprofits that had online positions and had gotten through the process where I was considering applying or like really diving deep into that. But something just also didn't feel right there. And at this time, I had been sharing online for about a year. UDU82 was a thing. Like there were people on board with that. I was really loving the community and the connections that I was making. It filled my cup so, so much when other things just left me feeling drained at that point in time. And it was my husband that was kept saying, like, well, what if, like, what if we did something? And so my mind was spinning, like, okay, we've always like vaguely talked about agritourism, like opening a pumpkin patch. And especially with me being a teacher, I'm like, we're going to have all of the things for families to come here and do. And I can teach that we can do field trips. But something about that was like, also, that sounds like a lot of work. (laughs) I don't know if I want to do that. You know, we had two young kids at the time. And I was like, "Uh, I don't know. So then, of course, the next natural thing was like, well, maybe we'll get cows. We don't even have cows now. And we'll do direct consumer beef because it felt like a lot of people we're starting to get into that, especially post-pandemic. But again, like, do I really want cows? I don't know. So for one reason or another, I found myself at the Rural Rooted Retreat. And even coming into it on the first night, I had said, you know, I'm considering another job, like maybe in another town. I'm considering like transitioning to something online. I'm considering what it would look like for us to run our own business through the farm. But I just know that something else is coming. I can't put my finger on it. And honestly, I'm so overwhelmed by the possibilities that I can't even think straight. And it was throughout the course of that weekend that I would inevitably talk about, you know, the community that I had on Instagram and all these things that I was sharing about and this Facebook group that we had. And on so many occasions, the girls in that room were like, you are already running a business talking about habits. And so it was then that they you know, kept giving me all these ideas for opportunities. Like, what would it look like to do habit coaching? Or what if you had this physical journal, this product? Or what would it look like if you ran this group program? Or if you worked with this kind of brand to support the challenge? And it was kind of the first time I had let myself be like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like, I've been talking about starting a podcast. Like, For the past couple of years at the Y, I had been talking about wanting to get into speaking and leading trainings. I just assumed it would be for that organization. And so like within the matter of three days, my brain was going 800 miles per hour and was like, okay, I really have no idea what this is going to look like. But yeah, I think that 
this is what I'm meant to do, which was very scary to say out loud. And that's the benefit of going to a retreat like that, like the Ascent Retreat, where you just have people who understand where you're coming from, aren't afraid to challenge you on the things that are holding you back and also show you the world of possibilities you haven't even let yourself explore. And then genuinely look you in the eye and are like, yeah, you absolutely can do that. Why can't you? And so I went home from that retreat and I told my husband and I said, it's time. Like, I, it's time. I don't know what this looks like, but I think you're right. I think that there's something here and I'm not sure what that looks like. I'm going to tell my boss tomorrow that I'm leaving. And he was like, I know. Like, yeah, I've been telling you that for a while. Why is it that my husband can tell me things that it took me flying across the country for strangers to tell me for them to believe it? I don't know, but it worked. So that's what I did. Um, I told my boss the very next day and he and I had already had a lot of conversations about the fact that there were things that I was considering or things that were changing. So it wasn't necessarily a shock, especially knowing what kind of event I was going to. But I was in the middle of summer camp and I did not want to leave my staff who I care about so deeply I did not want to leave them in a bad situation, especially since I wasn't leaving for another position that was expecting me. I was literally jumping into the unknown. So I had two months until that had all kind of wrapped up. And so, yeah, that was, I mean, really where the decision was made. And that was honestly the hardest part was going from like, something's not right to admitting that, to understanding that it wasn't a moral failing on my part, that I wasn't being lazy or selfish or unproductive. It's just that I had grown past what that specific position or circumstance had to offer, which I think is the hardest thing, no matter what transition you're navigating, is you know when we work so hard for something, when we love something so much, it is the hardest thing to walk away from, especially when it's something that we envisioned being with us for the rest of our life. I know there's a lot of women who were teachers or nurses or, you know, these these careers that we so tightly wrap our identity with that feels impossible to leave because we feel this obligation to stay and to help and to serve and to do the thing that we were once called to do. And so it makes us question like, did I make a mistake doing this? And the answer is no. Like everything that you do is meant to serve you in a season. And just because you have grown past it or you are ready for the next thing doesn't mean that it was necessarily bad. It just means you're ready for that next season. The best thing I could compare this transition to was like breaking up with your high school boyfriend. And I have to laugh because sometimes when I uh, talk to audiences of women in ag or rural women that that doesn't land as well because a lot of people marry who they were dating in high school, but someone will get this. Is it's like there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with me. But like we've grown apart or like we're not going to the same college. Like there's there's not a future together. Like nothing's broken. It's all good. I love a relationship for what it was, but it's just not it's not really serving any of us anymore. And if you've ever been in that type of situation with a relationship, you're like nodding like, yeah, I've I've had that kind of breakup. And it's like, it really hurts because it was so good, but you just know it's not right. 
And so you come to terms with the fact you have to go separate ways. That's very much what this experience was like for me. I loved what I was doing so much and I didn't imagine that I would leave, especially at the time that I did. But there comes a point where there is an undeniable calling in another direction and you either acknowledge it and move closer to that or ignore it and then keep doing what what you feel like you're supposed to do, what you feel like you're meant to do, what you're obligated to do, what you've committed to. And like I said, the reality is, is even the best things are sometimes only meant for a season. You know, I remember at at one point when I was considering what next was going to look like, and I hadn't decided on entrepreneurship. I was just like, I just think that, you know, there there may be something else I meant to do. Someone said to me, well, what are you going to do? Just change jobs every four or five years? And I was kind of like, why not? Is that a bad thing? Like, we're not our parents' generation anymore, where you sign on with a company straight out of college and stay there until you retire. Like, so what if I follow where my passion leads? And that leaves me many different directions. I have no guarantee. In fact, I know for certain, even if the work that I'm doing five years from now mirrors what I'm doing today, I guarantee you it will not be identical because I'm going to grow. I'm going to change. The people I'm connected to are going to change. The people that I feel called to serve is going to evolve. And as humans, we're meant to do that. And as entrepreneurs, that freedom feels easy is that things grow and changes and we do. And in many organizations, it's like that as well. You know, you get promoted to a different position. You learn this set of skills. Someone identifies something in you that they see as a better fit in a different department and they promote you elsewhere. Like that's a very natural thing to evolve and to change and to grow. But we hold so tightly onto those things that served us really well for sadness of letting go for fear of what next has in store, for safety of not leaving the bubble that we understand. You know, comfort is beautiful in so many ways, but sometimes comfort keeps us stuck where we're not meant to be anymore. So anyway, from a very tactical standpoint, you know, a lot of people want to know what that transition looked like. And I will say like we were in a very blessed situation that I could leave my job. Now, granted, I also want to make it clear, like I wasn't making a huge salary. I was working at a rural nonprofit. Okay. So, I mean, it was, it was enough. It was what we needed, but it's not like I was trying to replace like a, you know, six figure engineering job or something like that. Okay. It was pretty small. And we were in a financial situation where we could take the risk, I guess. We could take the the time for me to not make money for six months. And, you know, we would have to be aware of what was going on around us, but we would be fine. Much like I imagine as some women transition from the workforce to staying home is that like it's important to have an idea in place of what that's going to look like. But ultimately, I don't know, a few weeks after I had officially decided I was leaving, maybe it was even the week after, I should probably go back and look somehow. My husband and I sat down. We had, I think, grandma watch the kids for a day and we went to town for a little date. And I brought my workbook from the retreat and brought my laptop. We brought a bunch of notebooks and 
I just was spitballing all the ideas I had for things that I wanted to do and just explaining kind of what this business might look like and what my rates might be for different things and how I can make money. And we really just sat down and did the math because at the same time, like I wasn't leaving to like run a t-shirt business or sell candles or something that was super tangible for him. Like it really took me being able to articulate to him what my vision was for what this brand and business would grow into and what revenue would look like and what the potential of that would look like. And so, you know, doing pen to paper, he was kind of like, okay, okay, I see this. But I did not have a fancy business plan. I did not, I was not at the time already generating revenue for this thing that I was doing. Like I was leading a community on Facebook and Instagram, UDU82, sharing social media content, like creating, but I was not monetizing it whatsoever, but I could just see like the breadcrumbs to what was possible. So I think from a very tactical standpoint, there are a couple different ways to approach this. First of all, if you're already in the situation where you are running a business, you are leaps and bounds ahead of where I was. So there's something to be said at looking at how the numbers, how the numbers number, how the math maths, okay? You know, looking at what you're currently bringing in and then what it would take for you to make that transition or what it would take to maybe go part-time and kind of do it in gradual steps. At the same time, I think that when our attention and our focus and our energy is divided in so many different places, it's it's just hard to be everyone and do everything at once. And it can feel so frustrating because obviously you have this contractual obligation to do the thing you were hired to do. Then you have this passion project that's pulling you in a totally different direction but you can only spend so many hours on it a day. So it can feel like you're walking through the mud and there isn't a lot of time and space to grow in that capacity, especially if you're a mom and on the farm and doing all these other things. So I think there is something to be said that when you make that jump or that transition, whatever that looks like, is that you also have to have an element of faith that once you have the time and energetic space to pour into that, that you will be able to create in a totally different way. You will be able to generate new streams of income or times X, however many you know pieces of furniture you're redoing or signs that you're making or clients that you're working with, whatever your vision might be for what entrepreneurship looks like. When you no longer have that 40 hour plus contractual obligation of your of your full-time job or of your nine to five, like you will be shocked by the amount that you can create and generate just by having the freedom and space to do it. This is Alita. Thanks for listening to Mommy Podcast. If you like today's episode, we will feel that's until when I say about on those Thank you You heard the girl. If you're loving today's episode, we would so appreciate if you leave us a review, share on social, or send it to a friend. Now, jumping in on a total leap of faith um, makes a lot of people really uneasy. And I never, ever 
what to tell someone to just totally jump into the unknown and trust that if it's going to leave your family in a very scary financial situation. And this is something where this is going to be 100% personal to you and your family and your finances and your situation. I will not be blind to the fact that we were in a blessed situation where I could just jump and trust and figure it out and make it happen. But if there is, you know, if there's bills to pay and they don't get paid, if you're not working, then you probably want to have a a little bit more of a concrete plan in place. At the same time, there are so many women that I have talked to who have made that transition, who have realized how much money they're not spending if they don't have to send their kids to daycare anymore, if they're not commuting 20, 30, 40 plus minutes to town and back every day. And just kind of some fringe expenses like that, like, oh my gosh, the cost of daycare alone. If you look at what you're paying for daycare and it would be possible for your kids to be home with you while you're building your business, or maybe you can, you know, have them with family one or two days a week, or maybe you find a friend and you like trade days. Like I'll take your kids on this day. You take my kids on that day so you can get some uninterrupted work time. I think that alone, like there are so many fringe benefits or even monetary things to calculate outside of what you're bringing in. Of course, insurance is something that always comes up. And I'll say when we looked at my insurance that we thought was really good insurance, I was paying so much for this insurance that we were like, Not that we were unaware before, but when we really put the pen to paper, we were flabbergasted by how much we were paying for this insurance that was so good, right? We ended up transitioning to MediShare, and there's tons of different programs like this. I know there's a lot of other people online who have shared about it. It has been nothing but great for our family so far. You know, it's worth considering like what other types of programs your kids might qualify for through other organizations or through your state. Again, I am not an expert on any of this. I am just bestowing an ounce of things that I have picked up along the way or things that your family might consider. You got to do what's best for you. And I know for a lot of people, even having like paying for regular, traditional, I don't even know, insurance while running their businesses is still a better deal in the long run than what they thought they were getting through their nine to five. So again, that's going to look different for everyone. But one thing I, I would just want to encourage you, if you are getting really trapped mentally by these roadblocks of like, what if we leave this insurance? What if we don't have this? What if we don't have that? Like everything is figure outable. That's a Marie Forleo book. It's fantastic. Everything is figure outable. The reality is like we have been so conditioned to fit within the structural confines and there's a million different ways to live your life and generate financial stability for your family and take care of those that you love. So I invite you to explore what other options look like, to do the math, to you know, lay out a game plan, to sit down with your spouse like totally unbiased and just like 
what if we did this? What if we did this? What if I made this? What if we created this? What if we didn't do this? What if we cut this out? Or what if, you know, I think it really comes down to having those open and honest conversations. And like I said, I don't want you to ever dangerously put yourself in a bad situation. But I think a lot of the things that we feel like we're tied to are often we're able to figure out in one way or another, a different way. So of course, there are dozens, if not hundreds of thousands of other people who have started their businesses and done both for a long time, who have really fully waited until they were making a full-time salary in their business before they left their nine to five. And that's great too. I know several women who have found kind of like an in-between, like a like a part-time situation so that they still feel like they have that consistency, a little bit of the reliability while still also giving themselves more time and energetic freedom to create the business that they want to. The reality is there is no cookie cutter way to do it. My roadmap is not the same as yours. So this is me just sharing what our experience has looked like. And I will say like half of it's having the audacious belief that it's all going to work out. Isn't that life in general? (laughs) Just having the foolishly audacious belief that anything is possible, you deserve the life you can't stop thinking about, and it's within reach. It's closer than you think. It's as close as you want it to be. And of course, do what's best for your family, but don't let these variables hold you captive in a situation that's no longer serving you. And, you know, maybe there's an in-between where you realize that you are needing to transition out of the current job or career that you are in, and you're not 100% sure what entrepreneurship looks like, or maybe entrepreneurship isn't interesting at all, in which case I'm impressed that you listened to this whole episode. And maybe it's changing to a different career or a different department, or just like recognizing that there energetically needs to be a change made, that you have outgrown where you're at and being okay with it. Like accepting that it's not a moral failure on your part or, you know, your employer or your boss or the job that it's just, it serves you really well in a season. And now something else is meant for you because that's the reality. We are all on forever journeys finding out where we're meant to be and our passions can and should change. I don't think that most people have one purpose for their entire life. I think that we grow and we shift and we evolve and the way that we serve and we learn looks different. And how beautiful, how beautiful to be able to follow that and trust your intuition and know that your next season is possible. So hope that answered your question a little bit. Again, I wish I had like a, no, I don't wish. I actually wouldn't change anything about my journey, but I think a lot of people expect me to give them like a, here's steps one through 10 of what I did. And if you do it too, then you can do it easily. And I don't have that. I don't have that. I had a lot of trust, a supportive spouse, a whole lot of faith that one way or another, I was going to figure it out. And we both said, we'll give this six months. And if it's not trending in a direction that's sustainable, I'll get another job. There are jobs everywhere, all over the place. So we were willing to take that gamble on what it looks like. And I'm so glad that we did. It turned out 
in some ways the same and in some ways so different and so much better than I ever dreamed of back in 2021. Um, Like some of the things I'm doing now, I'm like, oh my gosh, I could have never seen that coming. And I'm so grateful. And this week, I am grateful that I have created the situation for myself where I can lay down when my first trimester body needs to rest. It's not going to be like this every day, but gosh, I'm so thankful that we took that chance. Definitely not something we ever predicted of me going through this specific season again, but what a blessing. So that's my encouragement for you. My DMs are always open if you want to chat more about your specific situation. This is also the kind of stuff we talk about in masterminds and at the retreat and all of that all the time. Always happy to discuss what one-on-one coaching looks like if you need some specific assistance navigating this season because it's hard. There is no roadmap. And sometimes you just need to talk through it with someone and lay out that game plan and also have someone really believe that it's possible for you to do it. Like I said, that belief in yourself is absolutely everything. So until next time, I love you so much and I am so forever grateful for you. Have a great week. Have I told you today how much I appreciate you? I'd like to imagine this was a meaningful backyard patio kind of chat between friends sipping LaCroix at sunset. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a screenshot to share or forward this episode to a friend. You can also find me at Emily Rushel over on social to continue the conversation. It's truly a joy to hear what tidbits and takeaways made an impact on your day. As always, all links and resources mentioned in today's episode can be found in the show notes listed below or over at emilyrushell.com. Special thanks to my podcast manager, Jill Carr, for the time and love she puts into producing gathering growth for this community. What a blessing it is to be on this personal growth journey together. Forever grateful for you.